everybody. Look at somebody and say, I'm about to discover. What's next? Come on, say it again. I'm about to discover. What's next? Hey, before we go any further into uh, the rest of our service, let's just go ahead and welcome some great people. Might be your first time with us. You might be your first time back since Easter of last week. We want to let you know we're glad you're here. Come on, give them a warm welcome. Yeah. So, so glad that you're here. I'm just grateful that you came back, and uh, that means maybe something last week you liked, and you wanted to see if there's something this weekend you'll still like. I know you will, and uh, glad to have you. Uh, we want to give it up for all of our after-prom folks. Those are some people. Hold, 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 let me explain that in case someone doesn't, you're new uh, to the service. After-prom is an event that we've actually been hosting for about nine years now, something that uh, Mount Olivet Methodist Church in Manio, uh, they actually founded this event really where we're able to just bless the juniors and seniors of the high schools, Manio and First Flight. Uh, when it comes to their after-prom, purpose being to give them an opportunity maybe to make a better choice than, you know, maybe there's a lot of options out there on prom night. And uh, so it's been going on for nine years and uh, just very successful. I think we had over 400 and some that actually pre-registered. Maybe 350 actually came to the event. I said all that to say this. It takes a dream team of people to make that event happen. hundred and some people donated to that uh, financially and gifts-wise uh, that, that go towards the kids. And plus, this church is just phenomenal. I give it up for those dream team people here in this church. Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> Why is that a big deal? Because most of them have been up all night. And, uh, but we got access. Come on, say, we got access. Yeah, uh, I, I have uh, come to the place. They, they allow me to not necessarily have to go to that event like we used to uh, so that I can be ready for today. I'm grateful for that. That's huge. So guess what? I got plenty of rest, and, and I'm ready to go. And, uh, but we are going to get on a course today as a church and as a group of people really to discover and ask a question here called what's next. And, uh, you know, last uh, January, I believe it is, is where we launched into our purpose of, as a church uh, for this year, 2019. And that's just simply find out what God wants to do through us and others and for others in, in this year's time. And that was to really just begin to ask ourselves the personal question, what matters to God? What matters to God and His plan and purpose for our life? He's got one for you, man. And uh, He's pretty, uh, pretty uh, insistent in making that happen in your life. And I want to start right here. If you go, we're going to jump right on into this this morning. Uh, I want to jump right here to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. And while you're getting there, let me remind you that next week... Uh, is really a big day for us as a church. We're doing really two things. We are launching into a brand new series called Let's Talk About It. And uh, going to get doing a lot of talking. And uh, uh, at the same time, we're, we're going to three services. We're going to an 8.30, a 10 o'clock, and an 11.30 service. Two main reasons we're doing that. Number one, create room for growth. But I think it's a little bit more important than that. Um, I don't want to say more important. There's another bigger motive in that as well. You guys are so phenomenal about coming to church. We're growing really at a kind of a rapid pace right now. We do got to have room to be able to do that. But at the same time, we need to be able to create a better experience for you, a safe experience, spread some people out a little bit so that our elementary that's all the way at the end of this building and these nurseries, uh, they're, they're cared for uh, better. 
at the same time, there's more parking available. Now, I'm thinking we're just going to fill it all up again, and we'll just add another one. We'll just keep on doing it. I, I'm good with it. I've been doing it for years. Multiple services doesn't bother me, and you only got to come to one. So uh, it's good for you. But uh, anyway, that starts next week, and I'm really excited about this series. Let's talk about it because uh, we got a lot of different generations living on the earth today. And it kind of goes back to maybe let's just start at the boomers, the baby boomers, and then we're all the way up here to Z. I think Z is the last one, am I right, right now on the earth? And there's a lot of going on in between that conversation and experience. And so we always at this time of the year step into a series to really dig into relationships and to grow within our relationship. And what better way to do it to get into these generations and see how everybody's looking at the world today. And everybody's looking at it differently. So next week, I'm just telling you a little bit of a commercial for the series. We're going to have a panel up here of all those generations. And we'll be asking some questions, so you don't want to miss that. Go to Proverbs 19.21. Proverbs 19.21, as we ask this question, what's next? The Bible says here that many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Let me say it to you this way. He's got your best interest at heart. All right? Bottom line. The quicker we can begin to settle that within our hearts... Uh, the better things will start to work out for us. I want to go to Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14, and I'm going to be reading this in a message translation. Actually, the message translation is not a translation. It's more of a paraphrased Bible, and, uh, but it's, it's kind of, it'll relate to us a little more. In verse 11, here's what it says. Remember, it said, God's got your best interest at heart. Why? He says, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, God knows what he's doing. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not to abandon you, plans to give you the future you hope for. I like that. That's pretty cool. But in verse 12, it's kind of like he poses a question about you asking a question. We're going to be asking what's next. But look, look at what he says here. He says, when you call on me, and you ask what next, what's next, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, ask what's next. He says, I'm going to listen. And then he goes on to say, yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. And I love this next phrase in, in the message. It says, God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. So the question of the day is, what's next? And I would say this. I wrote some things down just to kind of bring you into this. There's probably a good chance in our service today, there's some people here that you've been saved for a long time. I mean, Artie, as old as Artie is, he's been saved for a long time. Look, I'm not going to go back and forth with him. We'll, we'll be digging all day. But I would venture to say that some of us have been saved for a long time, meaning we've got a relationship with Christ. At some point and somewhere in, our, in, in this journey that we're on, we said, Jesus, I, I want you in my life. But maybe the question has come to you and you're saying, is there more? Maybe I've settled into just a, maybe, not, I don't want to say comfortableness, but just, is there more? And I want to tell you this, there absolutely is more. Maybe last week when you came to Easter service, it was the first time you gave your heart to Christ. You became a Christian with a relationship with Christ. Or, or maybe you made a recommitment last week. Or maybe last night. Or at some point in life, you, you stepped onto this journey and, and you really got to this place where, you know what, I, I'm, I'm in this thing with God. And, and you keep saying things about this word journey. But do you realize, guys, there, there's something that's within this journey. 
that everybody needs and that everybody wants. And it's actually not even something that you have to kind of conjure up to have because it's put in you already. And it's a sense of purpose. It's a sense of, the word we would use sometimes would be vision. Because the Bible says that, that eternity, you know, that place that's way out there at the end, which is just the beginning for the believer, that place out there, the Bible says that that's put inside of you already. You know, I wrote some of these things down to help us see that, that you cannot actually take God out of people. Even an atheist, someone that doesn't know God, they don't realize it, they just aren't aware of it, but that internal part of them was God-given. The spirit of a person didn't come from just osmosis. God gave you that person of spirit, which is the real you, and it's just that person might not be aware of that yet. Maybe you should say it this way. The spirit of you is aware of it, but the rest of you might not be, which is the, the whole thought thing going on and the whole body piece going on. There's three-part being that we've already, we did a series about that at the beginning of the year. But, but there might not be an awareness, but here's the point I want you to see. This, this drive or the strive or this expectation or, or a sense of wanting something or a sense that there's more or a sense, what's next? It's in you already, and you can't get away from it. And here's the scripture to back that up. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. NIV reads this way. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the hearts of men. Now listen to this out of the Amplified. Again, another translation, another paraphrase, another better way for us to see what's a little understanding better. Oh, this is good. He's made everything beautiful in its time. Let's stop right there. Everything beautiful in its time. Boomer to Z. Boomer to Z. Every generation in the middle that is here at this moment, that's alive on this earth right now, is existing for this time. There's a purpose you're here for now. Many don't know this. Many are trying to figure that out and do that on their own. And, and I want, if you're that person, if maybe that's who you are, I want to help you in that, that, on that course to... Find out what's next in life. But it, listen, this gets even bigger, even better. He also planted, has planted eternity in men's hearts and their minds. A divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under, uh-oh, which nothing under the sun can satisfy but God. So if there's a piece of you that's in you that was given to you and created by God, there's a piece of you that's only going to be satisfied by God. And I want to pose to you the question of what's next. It's the most important part of you to be fulfilled. And many are trying to fulfill it without this piece. And that's why they'll always come back. Because they'll never be totally fulfilled without it. <clears throat> Proverbs 29 verse 18. Let's talk about this. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Okay, You can interpret that for yourself pretty easily. But if you look at the word vision, it simply comes from the Hebrew word calzone. I know you don't care about that. But we've got to see it because what does it really mean for you and I? Where there's no revelation of God, where there's no passion, maybe for God, where there's no dream, even your own dreams, the Bible says that without clarity of this journey that you're on, that person will be perish, perishing or being unfulfilled. Now, I've already established for you that this is something you can't run away from. It's something that's in you. 
It's what we strive for to bring happiness. How do we usually do that? We usually, you'll see this here in a few minutes, but, but let me just get this heart of you out. A lot of people are trying to fulfill this very thing that can only be fulfilled by God by relationship, marriages, kids, cars, planes, trains, automobiles, job. Those are good things. They might be your purpose, but they're not going to be fulfilled unless you know that's a God-given purpose. Okay? So let's just keep on. You look at this Proverbs 29, 18. You look at this through the international translation, new international, excuse me, where there's no revelation that people cast off restraint. Well, here's what that means. And you live crazy. I don't mean crazy, crazy, weird. I, they just, you ever met that person that just kind of lives that life like, whatever will be, will be. Say la, say la, let's just take it for what it comes doesn't really matter. We'll just take it for what it comes. It's not that important. You know, whatever will be, will be. Uh, that's cast the, you look at this phrase, perish, cast off restraint. That's what's happening. But there's something that's causing that. And, and here's, the, here's, here's the twist in this. That can only be solved by having something, not fixing something. Casting off restraint what we do as believers many times, we feel like I can fix this emptiness by, I'll just go to church more. I'll become a better person. How about this? I'll just, I'll just read my Bible more. Those are good. I want you to read your Bible more. I'll just be, I won't be that angry person. I won't, I'll quit messing up relationships. You're trying to fix something to fix something. And I want you to see, you can't fix that emptiness, that fulfillment by fixing it. You've got to have something to fix that. And that's what I want to begin to talk, take us down the road and help you maybe get some clarity to what to have instead of trying to fix. And that's why people need counseling 24-7, because they're trying to fix something with counseling. You can't fix it with counseling. You've got to have purpose. You've got to have vision. And what's next, I can walk you through the steps to get there. But you've got to first settle this. Only God can fulfill that. Right, let me read this to you a little bit more. Another translation. Can you handle this? Another translation? The message translation. Again, a paraphrase. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. All right? <laughs> so, let's practice this. I'll pick on my buddy Artie. Come on. You'll be used to this. You remember what this looks like. <laughs> and just walk around. <laughs> if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Just follow me. <laughs> How you doing out there? <laughs> what these... <laughs> you look really weird. <laughs> <laughs> what these glasses are for is to really to be a demonstration for a, a, a driver, somebody's going to be driving for kids or anybody, that this is what view would look like if you were drunk. You're, you can't see. You're drunk in church. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be real comfortable with it, though. <laughs> I just said, but listen, hold on, hold on, put this back on. You about messed up my point. But it says, you were sick last night, I forgot. Oh, this is good. 
But when they attend to what he reveals, the Bible says they're most blessed. Can you see better? Yeah. Absolutely. Give it up for Art. <laughs> and, you know, I had people walking out and say, can I go see those glasses? I said, yeah, go ahead, go put them on. So they'll be up here if you want to see what it looks like. But uh, I want to help take that blinder off a little bit. I, I want to help you. I mean, it's, it's very, very, make you very dizzy, actually, when you look through that. But, but I want to show you what's next. I don't know where you are on the journey. We're all on this journey uh, uh, with God or without God. Maybe God's not there. I can introduce you to that and change your life forever. And if he's in your life, there's always, we're all going to have next steps to take in a journey with him. And I want to show you that, that you know, as a church, we, we've really built church. We have a vision, navigating life through Christ. But we've come to this place where we've established church, navigating life through Christ on some cores. But these cores are not just cores because they sound good. They actually are next step cores. They walk us through things. And I, I'm just convinced. I just know. I, it's, I'm just telling you, for years I've been trying to put this into words. And thank God for a church, Chris Hodgins and Church of the Highlands that put this in clarity for us. And, and I was able to see how my life unfolded once this began to work. And, and it helps me answer what's next at all throughout different places and phases of my life. And when you look at that, here's what I want you to see. If I can help you, uh, let me put it this way. Most of the time we come to church to get God to come to us. A lot of our worship songs are doing that in a sense, and which is good. We're, we're opening up our heart. We're saying, God, what a wonderful God you are. How about the one prior? What was that song prior to that? The one that I love so much? No, 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 the one before that. Oh, that's a song. That'll be fighting words when you're in a moment. But I want to pose this or pull you into this direction. Instead of moving or having God come to us, I want to pull you moving towards God. What would happen if I'm taking steps towards God instead of trying to get him to come to me all the time? And that's what these four cores will do. They're next steps. You can, from scripture to scripture, from, from front to back, you can see that these are steps that happened to Abraham, they happened to Moses, they happened to David. Paul, who had a Damascus, road to Damascus experience, life changed forever. Crazy guy, all of a sudden, you can see this begin to unfold when this started happening, and you can see how it brought him to a place where only God could fulfill. What's next? Look at somebody say, What's next? Here's the first step. Here's the first step for all of us on this journey with Christ. It, it's, <laughs> what I love about this is it's simple. I like simple. It's simple, easy to understand. And if you follow its pattern, you always get the same result. And the first step for you and I on this journey with God, you got to know him. How simple can that be? You got to know God. We want to know God. I don't want to know religion. I don't want to know just if I go to church. I, I, don't, I don't want, it's not even just a matter of uh, just believing in God. It's not even a matter of just understanding. It's, it's actually, I want to know God. Because when you know God, it's a relationship with Christ, not just formality, not just 
civil duty. And, but you, if you want to know God, can I challenge you to stop waiting for God to come to you? And start walking to him. Then you'll find out you get to know him. Now, some of the things that you can do to help you do that, absolutely, are some of the mechanical pieces. Come to church. Church is just a house where we assemble together. What are we doing when we're assembling together? The Bible says in the last days, forsake not the assembling together as you see that day approaching because the times will get evil. There will be a lot of opportunity to get confused and get confused by things that are not godly, that will seem godly, but they'll have power, not power, and you'll get, see, you can start to get casting off restraint. You can come to church and get around people that are maybe believing a little bit like you and you don't have to believe all the same, but at least get in a place where you can grow. That starts getting you on the course to know God. Open up the Bible every now and then. Get Bible app or, you know, we have an app right now. You can follow the notes on what we're doing right now. Make some effort towards getting to know God. Quit waiting for Him to come to you. Start going towards Him. First step for all of us on this journey is to get to know God. Man, I'm so glad I got to know and guess what? I know him more now than I did the first day. Because I didn't stop at the first day. But there's another step to take too. This is another step on this journey that we all can take as we get to know God. There's a step, a place called uh, finding freedom. Everybody's got stuff in your class that, that is holding you back, that's keeping you from moving forward. And if you could forget that, and if that wasn't in your life, life would be better. If we're honest, if, there was, if, if this wasn't in my life, and some of you are thinking that might be an individual, but that's not what I'm talking about. But maybe it is. Maybe that person's not good for you, in a sense. Maybe, maybe uh, the, your job, maybe your, your place. I'm careful to say those things because people immediately go out and quit their job and leave their husband and leave their wife. That's not what I'm talking about. We get, we get weird with some of this stuff. And get, we, we, we move away from common sense, and the Bible's so full of common sense. I guess that's probably why I relate to the common man so much, because he gets it. He gets it hard work and striving forward, and, and, and some of these things are beneficial, and, and sometimes even Christians, super Christians, get out there and get weird with some things and make it all about things that it's not and start going, trying to, ooh, let's just get God, let's just get God. And I'm like, man, you're going to get something. It ain't going to be God. I don't have to get my act together to get to God. I got to get to God to get my act together. And you ain't going to do it any other way. <laughs> I want to read something to you <clears throat> that I think will be very powerful. Actually, let me share this with you first. To find this freedom, what, what is necessary is, is we all need a place of relationship. Not just with God, but with people. We all need a place to be transparent. Okay, whether you believe it or not, you do. And you all, we all need a place where, where uh, uh, I, my, I, you can see my blind spots and you can tell me about them. And I'm not going to get mad at you and get an attitude. What are you talking about? I'm a Christian. I'm, I don't have, I, I got it all together. I just, I'm led by God. No, you need some people to be able to tell you the truth and you're okay with the truth. Even if you can't see the truth, you can take the blinders off. And that's where freedom starts to happen. 
Because I can be transparent. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I've been transparent as I can for you up here before. There's times I don't want to be in this pulpit. I'd rather be on a boat with a fishing rod in the water. Because my dad told me he caught 29 trout the other day. I'd much rather be there right now. <sighs> but I feel so much better. I don't have to think about it anymore. Because I'm free. You know what I mean? I'm making it funny for you. But the thing is, freedom to come into You're only sick, as my wife says this all the time, you're only sick as your lies or sick as your secrets. Listen to what James says in James chapter 5, verse 16. Make this common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. It did not say go confess your sins to God. Because we spend so much time confessing to God, sin, 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 sin. And God says, look, once you've done it, I don't remember it anymore. What are you talking about? But your people will remember, and they'll help you grow through it. He says, come, this is, you become together. What happens is when you come to this place where you're, you're transparent and relationship, then there's freedom that starts to take place. Listen to this scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 through 10, and verse 12. It's better to have a partner than to go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, I love this word. What's it say? Tough. It's not on God, it's on you. No relationship, no small group. We have small groups. You know, I, I love watching people. I can always tell when people start to get this attitude. Like, Church is the reason for everything. Why I'm having a bad day, why my marriage is not working, why this is not working, my job. They start blaming their job. When people start blaming, I immediately know there's some pieces missing. And if I can, it doesn't make it depressing, it makes it exciting for me because if I can redirect them into some direction and get them back to God, and I can ask this question, do you have people in your life that you can be this transparent with and they're helping you and you're accepting some of the instruction and correction, I, th th then I know the next thing's going to begin to happen. Verse 12 says, by yourself you're unprotected. With a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily broken. There's another step beyond this, and this is where it really starts to get really important for all of us, that on this journey that we're on, it's, it's the journey that is to be fulfilling for all of us. It's important that we all come to know God. It's important that we, you know, discover freedom in our, or have freedom in our life, but, but, but that's where most Christians stop. They keep coming back to get and keep coming for God to come to them, and they never go to this next level, this next step, and this is where they discover their purpose. I'm going to share some things with you. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Mark Twain said this, that the two most important parts and times of a person's life is the day he's born and the day he discovers why he's born. Why is that important for you and I? Because the Bible also says that God knew you before you were ever formed in your womb. <laughs> in July 21st, Joseph Cedar will be coming to the existence of this earth. Hill, my son. And no, no, no. Well, he's going to be like my son. Grandchild. I'm still wrapping my brain around it. 
But I've really been thinking about this. Before the seed was planted, God knew he was coming. So if you're expecting and wanting, quit looking for the moment of the physical. Think about what's already been done. And begin to possess what God's already done. The promise that belongs to you is that I will give to man that asks anything he asks. All you've got to do is ask. And then walk into that place where you're fulfilled and there's divinely appointed moments, purpose for you on this earth. Say, I was born for a purpose. But if you stop there and don't realize it's for a purpose, you'll always have to come back because you'll be looking for what that purpose is. I found this, and I wanted to point this out to you, just give you a little bit of a visual to what this could look like. I don't know if you've ever watched dog racing. I found out, actually, dog racing used to be in Moyoc. They used to have a big dog racing track years and years ago. And I also studied this because I'm a dog lover, not a cat lover. I'm a dog lover. I found this out, that, that these dogs are very taken care of. They're very well groomed. They have individual uh, trainers that stay with them constantly. And this is what these dogs are built for. They're greyhounds. This is what gives them purpose. This is what makes them go after what they're called to do on this earth. Watch this. Hey, listen. If I could get Christians to be that excited about what's in front of them, it would be amazing. <laughs> But what, I don't know if you caught that, there's this thing going around that these dogs are chasing. Now, it's just a tail on this one, but some of them actually have mechanical rabbits, and it's really called chasing the rabbit. And that's what's driving them. That's what's making them run as fast as they can because they're going after it. I heard some stories after second service of, of actually dogs catching the rabbit and jumping on them, and it's, but it's mechanical. But I want you to see something, if I can just get you to think with me for just a minute, how important this purpose is, how important even for a greyhound dog. I heard this story this past week of, of the track was, the, the rabbit was going around the track and it was a mechanical one and it blew up and exploded. And, and it's mechanical, it's not real, so get over it. But what happened was three dogs acted really strange when this happened because they lost their purpose. They lost what they were chasing. chasing. One dog actually, it says that the one dog just laid down on the track and took a nap. And one dog, it flipped him out so bad he went through the fence and broke his ribs. Oh. The third dog's the one that I like. He just went back to the crowd and started going, oh, 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 oh. It kind of reminds me of humanity today. It seems that when there's no purpose and there's no vision, people take a nap and just quit on life. And when there's no purpose and no vision, another thing kind of happens too. It's where you get out there and get hurt when you don't have people in your life. You've got to have freedom. You've got to have people in your life. And ultimately, here's what really begins to happen. You see, the enemy would love to get you isolated and distracted by the fact that you have no purpose and no vision. And he'd love to get you barking. Get you barking at people. Get you complaining and bickering because the church is not meeting your needs. Nobody's calling me. They didn't know I was sick or, or something like that. We don't know you're sick. If you're not here, I'm not going to know you're sick. And if you're not in a small group, I'm probably really not going to know you're sick. There's too many of you now. And we've created these places for you to find. I don't want, you realize, guys, I, 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 this happened for me years ago. And I'm going to share that at the end so I can bring a personal relate, or something that will relate to how this really unfolded in my life and, and caused me to become who I am today. This thing of coming to know God, this thing where the, this core of freedom started working in my life, and I still work them in my life today. 
I still have these core people in my life that, that can tell me to shut up. I, I've had days when I've wanted to quit, and they said, you can't quit. Because you'd be quitting on too many people. You'd be quitting on, you can't get away from it. You'll always come back. And then, and then I got up, and I, I have purpose every morning that I get up, and it's you. I wish I could get away from you sometime, but I can't because it's in here. It's not out here. What's in here strives me to point number four. Step number four is to make a difference. Sociologists today are constantly saying that the one thing that brings happiness, the one thing that brings fulfillment in people's lives is when they will take their purpose and they're making a difference in somebody else's life with it. But it's interesting. You can't make a difference until you have purpose. You can't have purpose until you have freedom. And you won't find freedom until you know God. Because it's the very thing that he put in you. The very striving. Did you see what we said in the beginning? The only thing that fulfills this emptiness is God. So you've got to know that first. Him. And then once that happens, then you, you know what, that's when you really got to admit, and, and we're all on this journey. That's when we got to be willing to admit, man, I missed it yesterday. I'm not having, not telling, listen, don't take this wrong, I'm not saying that you have this spew fest over somebody all the time you're around them. That person becomes obnoxious too. At some point, that person, the person that's constantly having this spewing, throwing up on you, you got to tell them, take a pill and get over it, and let's go move forward, okay? It just might be the gospel that helps you move forward. Say, come on, man. No, he's not going to hold your past against you. Why are you holding it against yourself? Quit trying to fix it. Let's, go, let's start striving towards what God's purpose is on your life and his vision. Everyone in this room, has been given spiritual gifts to use on this earth. Everyone in this room has talents that are unique to who you are, that you can do, and some people can do them, but probably not as good as you. And if you sit down on those things, it's really cool what, what happens. Here's the life experience for me. 22 is when I really kind of rededicated my life to Christ. It's really got serious about what I'm doing. Living for Him. That's where I come to know Him. And I went to Bible school. My spiritual father, Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, at that time, I, 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 you don't got to go to Bible school to do this. Just come to church and we can help you every Sunday. But it's where I went. I went to Bible school. And while I was there, I got to know God. And I got free because the Word began to just wash me of all of the stuff that was holding me back. And, and, and then I, when I left from there, I met Pastor Tiffany. And we moved to Ohio, Canton, Ohio. And that's where we got married. And, and, and then once I got married, you want to really know where I started kind of figuring out a purpose for me? I wasn't a pastor. I just started volunteering at a soup kitchen. You know what soup kitchen is? We don't have them, I don't think, a whole lot here. We don't have a town like we have there. It's just down and out city streets. And we have soup kitchen. This is where people stink. This is where people they don't have teeth. This is where people are living on the system, and they're always going to live on the system. You can't change that in them. It's just who they are. But I began to find out, oh, my gosh, I love this place. And I didn't realize what was starting to happen in me through that moment. But it happened after I knew God and after freedom was there. And now I'm, I'm serving at a soup kitchen. And then I took this job at, uh, uh, at this church to just clean the toilets. 
And you know what's the most interesting thing? I never asked them how much I was going to get paid. I don't ask today how much I get paid. Because I don't care. It's not what drives me. What drives me is what's inside. Pay or no pay, I'm, going to, I'm still going to be doing the same thing. And really where I began to discover my purpose, ultimately was on the floor, scrubbing the grout in this bathroom. My pastor was kind of anal about cleanliness. And, and so it worked for me because I'm kind of detailing that same way. So it didn't really, that didn't bother me as much. And I just remembered, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then what really sealed the deal was when some kid had come in and wiped poop all over the wall. And I'm cleaning crap off of the wall and I'm going, oh my gosh, is this what I'm called to do? Yeah. I've been cleaning crap for the, ever since. And guess what? I like your crap. Is that a cuss word? Works for all of us. Half of you were thinking the other word anyway. I'm not telling you you got to clean. I'm not saying that's your purpose. And I'm not saying that's where your fulfillment is. But I am saying that when you know it, it's your passion. It's what gets you up in the morning. It's what sends you to work every day. Do you like kids? Do you cry for them? Do you pray for them in the middle of the night on after prom and you're not even in the school anymore? Hmm? That's when you know it's what you're passionate to do. You try to walk away from it. Come back to it. But that only comes. Why is it so fulfilling? Because <laughs> it's God-given. Nothing will give you that. No person, no job, no dollar. Miss Patty, you don't get paid for what you do, do you? Should. If all of you start tithing, we could pay a lot more people. <laughs> you laugh, but I'm serious. Go tell the rest of the church. 24% at the most are tithing and sowing into Coastal Family Church. 24% are supporting everything we do, are buying a building right now. I'm not saying to be a tither because it's a work. I'm just saying, ask God what he would want to do through you, through the church, or through a vehicle. She doesn't do it because she gets paid. She does it because, she tells us. Matter of fact, the only time she gets mad is when we haven't given her something to do. Because it's what's her driving purpose. I want to help you along this course to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and then make a difference in somebody's life. Growth track is a good way to start. Tonight at 6 o'clock, you're welcome to come. Hour and 45 minutes of your time, that's all it takes, and you'll get to figure all that stuff out. We can help you. Come to church, get in a small group, go to growth track, <laughs> get on a dream team, there are systems to help you do this. We're not just telling you something when throwing you out there to go do it on your own. You want passion like that? You want passion like this? Does Pastor Tiffany like people? Does she like people? How do you know that? Just get around her. You get around people, they'll help you discover your purpose.
So he'll tell you what you're good at. And he'll tell you how good he is. I love you. Let me pray for you, and then Hannah, you can come on up. Father, you're so good. I love what you do for us. I love that you've got purpose for a purpose for everyone in this room. And if there's ever, if there's someone in this room, they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that you'll introduce yourself to them today. And they'll be willing to make that commitment. Church, will you pray this with me? Father, I thank you for an opportunity to get to know you today. I welcome you into my life. And as of today, I thank you for my journey with you in Jesus' name. Amen.